What's up, fellas? Welcome back to Convos Over Cold Brew with me, your host, Emma Abrahamson. Today we're talking with Erica Vila. <laughs> He's a professional runner for Adidas and the Golden Coast Track Club in San Diego. He's also from San Diego, which is also my hometown. We've got a lot in common. He's also my roommate here in Flagstaff, and he's really excited to talk to me for an hour. Right, Eric? I can't wait. Yeah, you can hear that. He cannot wait. Let's get into it. This episode is brought to you by Care-of. Care-of is a wellness brand that makes it easy to maintain your health goals with a customized vitamin plan that helps you feel your best today and supports you long-term. Care-of's in-depth five-minute online quiz asks you questions about your diet, lifestyle, and health concerns to help you address your specific wellness goals. And your recommendations come in daily, individually wrapped packets that are perfect for getting back into a routine. I took all my packets with me to training camp here in Flagstaff, and it's really easy. It's just sitting in my kitchen, so I just pick up one of the packets every morning and take my vitamins. It takes about 30 days for your body to adapt to new nutrients, so now is a great time to update your vitamin and wellness routines to help support your immune system this fall. One of the vitamins that came in my pack is magnesium, and it supports muscle recovery, which is perfect for me here at Altitude Camp in Flagstaff to help my muscles recover from really hard workouts. If you guys are interested in checking out Care-of, you can get 50% off your first Care-of order. Just go to takecareof.com and enter code COLDBREW50. That's if you want 50% off your first Care-of order, go to takecareof.com and enter code COLDBREW50. Now let's get straight into the episode. Eric, welcome to the podcast. I know you're so excited to be on here with me. He's been asking me about it all week, and he's finally on. Right, right, Eric? That's true. I actually was. I was asking, what do I have to do to get on your podcast? And I said nothing. You just have to be living with me in Flagstaff. That's, yeah. That's the criteria. That's, that's the criteria. Well, to get started, do you want to introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're about? Yeah, sure. Uh, my name's Eric Avila. I'm from San Diego. I live in San Diego currently, and I'm a professional runner for Adidas. Yeah, so Eric's a little older than me, so I didn't really know him growing up, but it is kind of cool how we... Age is just a number. <laughs> Age is just a number, but it is... I, I didn't know of you until later. Okay. And later I feel like years. I knew of you as you were, like, coming through. I know, but I didn't, I didn't really pay attention to, like, yeah. anything. I don't know. It's probably a good thing. In, in the running <laughs> world, but... I mean, we grew up in San Diego, but we were in two different areas, so you were definitely farther south than... Well, a little bit. A little we're bit. Probably, we're probably an hour apart. To yeah. an hour. Yeah. San Diego is oddly large. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think on, on, we had probably had similar but different experiences growing up. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. We also did live in Eugene, though, at the same time. I know. I remember I... going to a party one time, and you were like, what are you doing here? And I was like, I don't know. I should go home. <laughs> I don't know why I'm hanging out with these kids. I don't even remember that. And then I left and I moved away from the city. <laughs> kidding, kidding. Probably for the best. Anyway. Um, well, how are you liking living back in San Diego now? It's really weird, as I'm sure it was for you when you moved back. But yeah. Well, it was weird. Now it's just awesome. Yeah. But moving back a couple of years ago, it was like, I don't know, you you have a memory and a vision of, of like where you grew up. And then when you go back as an adult... It's just really different. Yeah. All of a sudden, I was like, I didn't I actually didn't realize how much I didn't know about San Diego. Oh my gosh, back. same. I don't think I ever went downtown like once in my childhood. 
Really? Yeah. I don't think I went north of downtown once in my childhood. Yeah, see? <laughs> so, so I was like, wait, there's a whole city up here. And you were up there. I was like, I didn't even know that. Yeah, I know. It is crazy. But basically. Yeah. Um, when you first moved back, did you were you like training with people or did you just move back? Um, yeah, I was in Eugene. I moved back. My contract was ending at the time. I was with Hoka. And yeah, I kind of was trying to decide if I just wanted to like get a job. I was going to start teaching and oh. maybe just run for fun and something like that. Yeah. So that was kind of like my initial thought. But then it just so happened that Terrence moved to San Diego and, and uh, we got coffee and he was like, no, you should. I want you. Yeah. He was like, don't get a job. Like yeah. you're, you just kind of like, yeah, like you're too good. But at the same time, he was like, you're not good enough. And yeah. I was like, all right. Yeah. Here we are. And now he sentenced you to training camp here in Flagstaff. Something like that. <laughs> sentenced <How>? you. <laughs> I don't know that. Great sentencing. I, this would be awesome. Yeah, you must go to Flagstaff. I was like, it's fine. I Sounds know. Good. We're both choosing to be here, but how are you liking it so far? Altitude training. It's 7,000 feet. Yeah. I mean, I love Flagstaff. I did used to live here. I went to school here for a little while. Yeah. So it is pretty sweet. And the house, I don't know if you guys can see the view. Yeah, if you're watching on video, watching you on might be able to see the view. Beautiful um, track behind us. This house is pretty sweet. I'm yeah. glad that you jumped on the opportunity to come. Yeah. I don't know if we, could, if we could talk about that, but what were we yeah, talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Eric was in Portland a couple weeks ago, actually, and we were all just hanging out, and randomly he's like, oh, we have an extra room in this house in Flagstaff, <laughs> and I already knew my friend Tate was going, and I hadn't even thought about, like, going at all, and then when you said that you had an extra room, I was like, honestly, why not? Like, I mean, I'm not in good shape, and I really want to get wrecked, you know, at 7,000 feet, so... <laughs> I'm, like, just starting to get back into shape, especially running-wise, so yeah. I just wanted to, you know... <laughs> I definitely didn't believe you when you said yes. I was like, that's definitely... You're just messing with me. And in the morning, I'm going to text you, and you're going to be like, I didn't say that. But in the morning, you actually texted me first. Before I got to text you about it, you texted me, I know, hey, I was I'm excited. serious, and I was like, oh, cool. Well, then let me get the logistics down. And then <laughs> I know. It took about three seconds of convincing. Eric sent me all these details. I had already said yes, and he was still sending me details. <laughs> I was like... I'm already good to go, but... I don't know. I was like, all right, well, this, this, and that. And yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been fun so far. I've had a good time. Yeah. Have you? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I've had a great time. It's, I like that I, we have, like, I have my own room, so I can just yeah. go to my room if, I, if I'm if i a little overstimulated. When everyone's There's, too loud in the house. Yeah, we have a lot of extroverts in the house. And yeah. It gets a little, it gets a little rowdy. Yeah. But, we've but got, no, it's been fantastic. We've got you, me, your teammate Christian. Yep. For Golden Coast Track yep. Club. Also lives in San Diego. My friend Tate, I guess your friend too, but he lives in Portland. And then we have a few guests that have come and stayed with us for a week. Yeah, we've had three guests now. So as <laughs> my much friend, as they're, they're just, all the friends from Portland. Yeah, they just it's all decided Portland to come friends. come through. Yeah, yeah. So we've had we have four permanent residents for the month, and then we've had seven people stay here. At <laughs> seven, least. three. Four oh, plus three is seven. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, brain's not working. Yeah, Low yeah. oxygen. No, but this brain. is like this is exactly what I wanted. I was like, yeah. this is great. You know, like it's I don't know. I like to mix it up. It's nice to have different characters in the house and not take it so seriously. I guess. I mean, Craig is here all the time too. It's, yeah, he Craig angles room, for those. He's in the house every single day, and and yeah. So I mean, the house is huge, so it's great. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like it makes a good training environment when everyone's like serious but not overly like weird about it. <laughs> Yeah, we get our stuff done, but then we are playing way too many board games. Well, you're not as much. No, board, you are. Way too many board games, one board game, and it's Catan. <laughs> well, yeah. And they yeah. play multiple games a day. There's I can like do three like or four games a day. I can do one a day max. Like, that's my maximum. And then my brain is like, no more. 
but it gets heated. It does. It, it's turning into like family monopoly where it's like yeah. people are getting upset over where they're placing their pieces and it's turning into like a personal thing. <laughs> it's really <laughs> actually, funny, actually though, people are getting offended. <laughs> it's funny, but it's fun. That's like, I think it's bonding, right? Yeah, it definitely is bonding. That's, yeah, we're walking away. We're going to be like a family. So Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> So. Well, why why come to altitude? Because I feel like you're kind of like a sciencey guy, you know. You like the science yeah. behind it. Mm. I don't really know much about it. I just know that it's good for you and makes you a better athlete <laughs> if you go for a month or so. So sure. why why yeah. do you go to altitude? Um, yeah, I mean, there's two main reasons that I go. One is uh, yeah, the science, the the, uh, the hemoglobin and hematocrit increase that you that you get from living at altitude. You know, studies show that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's really good for endurance athletes, uh, more red blood cells, more oxygen when you get down to sea level and all that stuff. And so that's really good. And it's good to like expose yourself to altitude as a professional runner. The more you do that, the uh, easier it is for your body to adapt to altitude. So when we come in the springtime, when it's crunch time, um, yeah, I mean, you want to be able to adapt quickly and get to work. And then the second thing, especially for the fall, it's nice to get in a camp environment. I mean, definitely. I can already tell like being here, I'm uh, even though I live by myself in Portland, you know, I could have my own camp environment, but being here surrounded by like like-minded people, yeah, it just it's really motivating, and it makes makes you get your work done. Everyone mm-hmm. holds you accountable. Yeah, no, I mean you're around everyone. Everyone is more or less doing the same thing. So then, I mean, if you don't go for a run, you, I mean, you you kind of feel guilty, and if you don't, we're gonna make you feel guilty. Yeah, like, exactly. It was like, like yesterday when I decided to skip my evening bike because my hip hurt. Tate was like, "How's that bike, Emma?" I was like, yeah. don't remind me, okay?" Exactly. But it's nice. You kind of need that accountability yeah. factor. I think it's healthy and it's good. And, and I mean, yeah, that's exactly. That's like the other reason you come. And because if you're in the city or back home, I mean, yeah, you can fall into normalcy, which is good too. But it is nice to come here and everyone's on the same page for the most part and taking um, it seriously. Yeah, or somewhat seriously. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, Catan, but add yeah. that in there. But even like the meals and stuff, it's the same thing. Like, yeah. Even last night, I was with Craig, and we were like, oh, we should go out to this place and get food and do that and go get some drinks. And it was like, no, we should just go home. Yeah. And that's what we did. We came home, watched a movie. Craig fell asleep on the floor. Yeah. And then we exactly. just. Exactly. Well, maybe just because of the tiredness that but that's altitude probably a good causes. Thing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that's the that's point of That's one of the benefits. <laughs> if we were in the city, if we were in Portland, or if I was in downtown San Diego, I'd probably have friends that aren't runners yeah. reaching out to me. And those are just just things that when you're here, you just don't. That doesn't happen. I'm not getting text messages from them to go to a taco shop at, at 10 p.m. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Here, exactly. it's just like, yeah, I guess I'll go to bed. Exactly. <laughs> Do so. you notice like a. A difference when you go down to sea level and you race because I've never been at altitude for more than like I don't know ten days maybe yeah and I feel like I don't really see a difference but yeah. when you're here for a month yeah what, does it feel different yeah I mean I've it it feels like you have like another like another lung I don't know really yeah I'm excited or if I, I need was that to extra like, lung right now <laughs> if I was to imagine what what it would and this might sound bad but yeah whatever it, what it feels like to take drugs. I guess that's what it feels like. Yeah, I just go the back. extra little advantage. Yeah, I just don't yeah. get tired. I'm like, this is amazing. Is this what it's like to like? Oh, gosh, I'm like, excited. Just I not can't be wait. tired. Like, yeah. And I remember doing. I think it was like last time I was at altitude was last fall because mm-hmm. of the year that COVID and everything. Um, I didn't go this year, so this is actually my first camp for 2020. And last fall, I, I did a turkey trot, and I remember it was a 10k, which is pretty long for me. Yeah. But I remember in the race, I had just came off the mountain, and yeah, that feeling of like. I just, I'm not getting tired. I can make surges and I could in the race. And I just remember thinking like, I was almost laughing inside because I was giddy. Yeah. I was just like, wow, 
I have so much oxygen going through my body right now. And yeah. that was really cool. So, yeah. I hope it works out for you. I, hope I you really hope it, it does. Yeah. Well, the first, like, I don't know, four to ten days you said was going to be hard. And it mm -hmm. was nothing but hard. Yep. Like, every You passed that now. So. I passed it. I feel much better yeah. now. My body's a little bit adapted. But I was... I mean, I feel like everyone was in this kind of struggle city. You yeah. feel like I've handled it fine. Yeah. I, Maybe that's because you're like used I come all the time. Yeah. 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 And so that's the thing I was telling them too is, is the more you come, it's kind of like blowing up a balloon. The first time you blow up a balloon, it's usually pretty hard to stretch. Yeah. And then the more you do it, if you were to, I guess, blow up a balloon, this same balloon over and over, it, it's going to blow up very easily. Yeah. And that's pretty much how it is with uh, adapting to altitude. Yeah. In your body, so. I feel like that's adapting to training too. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So yeah. Once you've been there. It's a little easier the second time. Yeah. And third time. Good. Well, I can't wait to come again, you know? Yeah. The well, next time. Dude, I already told you, you should come in the spring. And <laughs> I, li I like mixing up the house, too. I actually also prefer living in a house of mixed genders. Because yeah. I think, at least for me, when it's, when it's a house of all guys, it gets a little too much testosterone. Yeah. And just I can adding, already see that happening, you, you know? It already is. It, that's <laughs> I'm like, how is this happening when yeah. I'm here? Yeah. No, it's true. And I was like, guys, what are we doing? No, it's okay. I, this is what I expected. Yeah, but that's why I was trying to get one more girl in the house just yeah. to balance it out a little bit more. But maybe in the spring, maybe we'll figure something out. But yeah. That would be fun. Like we got a couple more months to go. Yeah, you got a little bit of time. Yeah. yeah. You got a little more fitness. and then. Yeah, yeah hopefully I'll be a little, a little bit more fit by then. So It'll be fun. Dying. We could do like a, a follow-up, uh, maybe a follow-up podcast. Yeah, follow-up podcast, see how like, we're doing. So six months ago. We were... <laughs> six months ago, we were sitting on this exact same porch. Yeah. That but no yeah. one could see because most are listening on that's audio. That's true. Well, we can tell them we're on a porch and it's, there's a guys, track. It's beautiful. In the I backyard. wish that you could see it, man. Look at it. <laughs> yeah, it actually it is amazing. It, it is, is amazing. a very pretty view. Well, you said that you lived here mm -hmm. back in the day. Yeah. So, right out of high school, you committed to NAU. I did. Which is a really good running school. Yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah. Was that yeah. why you committed there? Yeah. I mean, they weren't as good as they are now, Yeah. but they were pretty darn good. Um, there's a guy, you probably heard Lopez Lamont. Yeah. So he was on the team. Bowerman. He's on the Bowerman team. Yep. And so he was on the team and I remember I, I wanted to be like him and they had some other good guys, but, uh, yeah, I came here out of high school. I was a little young. I was a 17 year old freshman in college. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was fun. Yeah. What were your PRs in high school? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, if you recall. Yeah, no, it's fine. Um, 901 in the two mile and... 14 in the mile. I had to think about that. What do you think about people, like, people's times these days? Because I feel like even for me leaving yeah. high school, people are running so much faster than, than what I did, like, back in it's 2012. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, I, what yeah. Are, I don't even know what the guy's, like, 3,200 record is anymore. Eight. I mean, German Fernandez, maybe? I don't know. Or just someone else. I, I feel like someone broke it recently. I don't know. Yeah, I... I Come on, I insane. assume you know. You're the stats guy. I mean... Yeah, I stopped following that. Well, yeah. Stop following high school. I stopped following high school. Bro. Sorry. Yeah. I followed a little bit. Like, I'll, I'll catch it from time to time on yeah. social media. But, um, I mean, that Nico Young, he, he's at NAU. Yeah. I mean, I raced him this year at the Milrose Games. Yeah. And I was, like, terrified. I'm like, if I, I – no offense, Nico. I'm like, I don't want to lose this guy. No, I think, I think every <laughs> single professional – But this kid is an absolute animal. Like, he's yeah. so talented. Every single professional runner guy like that was in that race, I think, had yeah. the same exact. I hate when the meat drivers do that. But, yeah, well, because the they hype time, it up because like, they want the right. high schooler to like beat all the pros. Yeah, and he ran out of his mind. And I remember yeah. talking to him before the race, and his I knew his coach because I raced his coach a couple of years ago. It's kind of weird. Um, and I talked to him before the race, and I and he was really nervous in like the holding zone. Yeah, there's cameras everywhere. And were you there? I was at Milrose. Milrose. Okay, so yeah. it's, it's a circus. Like there's yeah. tons of people. If you guys have never wild. been, if you happen to yeah. be in New York at the end of January, early February. Um, you should go. But anyway, yeah, I talked to Nico and I remember telling him, 
I like said hi and I told him I was like, hey man, my name's Eric. I'm the California high school. Uh, no, I told him I was like, I'm the California high school two mile state champ, and I know he is too. And he goes, what? And I was like, yeah, this is like a long time ago. And he's just laughing, and, and and then I just told him like, hey, look, um, just sit on me. I'm gonna go to the back. Yeah. And he goes, oh, you are. And I was like, yeah, I'm gonna be at the back of the field, just because I didn't want to go to the front. Yeah. And I told him like, just hang on. And he he sat right on me for too long i got yeah. nervous i was like this kid is not going anywhere but <laughs> for too uh, long yeah he was on made me, you like, nervous for so long. he did make me nervous but anyway um i mean i ended up beating him thanks but yeah <laughs> i was scared no, i'm trying to flex <laughs> so i flex i did beat i beat nico young Whew. i don't know if that'll ever happen again so nico you're an animal <laughs> there you go anyway. okay so let's let's go back to your college experience mm. so you've I feel like you didn't take the standard path to professional running that a lot of runners take. And I kind of no. want to dive into that because sure. a lot of people I have on the podcast, you know, that's like they do the NCAA yeah. for four years, maybe three if they're really good. And then they move on, sign a contract, whatever. Hmm. So you went to NAU and then can you kind of like take us through your experience? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually funny. Um, yesterday I ran with a bunch of guys in town and they were talking the entire run about Terre Haute, Indiana, yeah, and Division One cross country, and um, I mean, I never ran there. Yeah, I never ran Division One cross, uh, unfortunately, even though I did go to Division One school. But it was funny because they would ask me questions about, well, how did you? What did you think of this course? And I was like, dude, I never, I never ran there. I never, I, I never everyone made that. Everyone just assumes. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you just said, they just assume, and I was, they're like, oh, what? And, yeah. But yeah, so I went to NAU. Um, I kind of redshirted my first year. Uh, that was a plan but then after that I just never got eligible so even though I redshirted by the time my sophomore year came around I was on academic probation because um, I just wasn't going to class and, I, and uh, I think I was just not ready for for that I don't know for school I, at the time I remember I didn't want to go to school I just wanted to run and have fun and yeah. I was so excited to be away from my I don't know hometown and be in some place new and at the time I also had a girlfriend and um, I just wanted to have fun yeah and uh but you can't really do that and be a professional, like, I mean, a professional, be a, a division one athlete. Yeah. And yeah, you have to go to class. And so, yeah. So there was that. So yeah, uh, eventually it didn't work out and I had to withdraw from the school. Uh, I went to the junior college here for a little bit. I took one semester here at Coconino Community College. And then, at, I mean, after that semester, it was very apparent. I was like, I need to really go home and reassess, like, well, what am I doing? And yeah. Yeah. So you just took time away from both mm -hmm. school and running for a bit? For a little bit, yeah. I ran at NAU for a year, maybe a year and like, I think I ran three semesters. And then once I went to Coconino, I stopped running. And then I went back to San Diego and I wasn't running anymore. And I kind of thought actually, I, didn't, I thought that was it. I was like, uh, it's too hard. Like in high school, you can get away with it. You can get away with just talent, I guess, not yeah. having to work. And the idea of actually having to train. I remember I hate, I hated training. Why? I loved to race. I don't know. I just loved competing. I loved to race, but training just felt boring. I was yeah. Like, and so I, I remember NAU, and this is probably like so, it's funny now looking back because I know guys that do this, but I would show up at NAU at practice and I would only show up at the workouts because I, I saw really? this as, as like a race. So I would like race the workouts and I guys would get mad at me. Yeah. And at the time I'm like, why are they mad? And then I would not show up to practice the rest of the week and I wouldn't even run. And then I would show up on workout days because I didn't actually want to do the nine-mile run, eight-mile run. Like, yeah. I was like, that sounds so boring. I don't want to do that. And then I would just show up on workout days. But, I mean, 
What was your training like in high school then? Was it like a big shift? Oh yeah, I only ran like 25 miles a week in high school. Oh yeah. I just played soccer and like just got by on my talent and like competitive, just being competitive. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so this was a shock to come here. Yeah. I remember they jumped me up to 70 miles a week and I was like... That's a massive jump. Yeah, and to me at the time I was like, what? Yeah. You have to, what, what? And on Sundays they would run over an hour and I was like, you have to run over an hour on Why would I do that? It yeah. sounds terrible. What? And I remember thinking like, how is that going to help me in a mile race where I'm only running for four minutes? Yeah. And, but at the time, again, I just, I guess I wasn't interested. And, and when they registered me, I remember I wasn't racing. So I also thought like, well, none of this is getting me motivated. Yeah. But all, I mean, maybe I was, I, looking back, I think I was just really young. So. I mean, when you're not in the right headspace to like want to. Yeah do that then it's almost impossible like you can't just rely on talent once you get to ncaa yeah because everyone's gonna everyone's working so yeah, hard yeah exactly i mean i think it just had like a lot of growing up to do yeah and and, and yeah i mean you're not not ready at all and now it's funny because now i get excited for yeah like i would never have expected just like by knowing you because you love yeah. like the process yeah you have to fall in love with the process and that yeah. is like especially now it's almost like interesting where the moments they come and go. So like you win a race and you almost have to like take five minutes to enjoy it, take a day or two, but then you got to get right, you gotta back, get to right it. back on it. Yeah. yeah. And so you have to really enjoy the process. Yeah. And that makes it so fulfilling too, just like anything. Yeah. It's rewarding in that way. Yeah. But yeah, I think it takes like, took me time to figure that out. Yeah. Or, yeah. I was, this is completely off topic. I was listening to some podcasts the other day, a couple weeks ago actually. And I don't remember what podcast it is, but they were telling me that like your body releases more, is it dopamine when like during the process, not like you have really? a big rush of dopamine at the, I don't know, big celebration or whatever, sure. but more dopamine gets released like over the course of the process. I don't, that's, I'm I mean, not, I, sure. It sounds like, I mean, <laughs> I'm not scientific at all, but it kind of makes sense because like you said, it's really fulfilling to like, I don't know, yeah. achieve like a goal or sure. whatever, but you're spending the most time doing uh-huh. the work like leading up to it. And that's, yeah. that's what's ultimate, ultimately fulfilling mm-hmm. out of the whole thing is the process and like the hard work. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like you can, this might be a weird comparison, but you can compare it to like a relationship with a significant other. You have like a honeymoon phase where you're almost like, you feel like you're on drugs. Cause yeah. you're just like your dopamine's being rushed. Yeah. Your brain is being flooded. And, but then after a while that's going to subside and then you're going to have a companionship love. Yeah. And that's very different than a I don't know if it's a lustful love but yeah. like but they're yeah, different yeah, yeah. and so in a weird way that's what it is and the companionship love is more it's more stable yeah it's more long term and there's a process through it all yeah. but it comes out with rewards as yeah. well and so in a weird way going through the process of training you are given rewards and little you know hit, I don't know valleys and peaks and stuff yeah that's how I viewed it at least I was like okay well before I just wanted the fun stuff and I didn't want to actually yeah. go through the whole work but now this is this is what it is. It's more rewarding. No, yeah, it is. And it's yeah. what it is. So. That's what one of our team mottos was in college was enjoy the process. Mm. Because if you don't do that, you're not going to – you're not even going to be able to achieve the big goals because yeah. if you don't yeah. put in the work and, like, have fun doing it, your yeah. mentality is not going to be there to do the big races. And right. What's the, the saying well. in college? It was summer miles bring false smiles. Yeah. It was See, supposed to get miles, you excited for cross country or something yeah. like that. Well, summer miles, it's like, it's kind of monotonous. I mean, I remember yeah. every summer it was like, okay, 50 miles a week, boom, boom, boom. Like maybe a temple run thrown in here and there, but it was just a lot of. I don't think I ran a summer until the summer before my senior year of college, my first summer I actually ran also. What? Yeah, yeah. 
Even when That's... I was at Southern Oregon, which we haven't even talked about. Yeah, we're every summer do it. I didn't even run. I would go home and just surf and hang out. What? <laughs> yeah. See, I I don't I even know still... how you could do that because I put in summers every year then, and I was still yeah. Feeling my senior it year was amazing and I was like, oh, I should have been running every summer. Oh my god. I know the base building period is really <laughs> yeah, important. Yeah, it's so funny looking back. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so so going back into your story. So you took time off from school and running. What were you doing during that time? Uh, I was working construction. Yeah, so I was working for a real estate development company. This is also during the housing market crash of 2008. Well, it started in 2008. Yeah. But this, for me, would have been about 2010. But, I mean, the housing market crash took years to recover. And yeah. so during this time, a family friend and high school coach, he owns a real estate business and he was buying up these foreclosed homes and fixing them up and putting them on the market or I think he was just fixing them up and waiting to put them on the market anyway uh, I was one of the guys that he hired me um, to help him out and yeah it was a lot of just a lot of manual labor it was yeah the hardest work I've ever done in my life um, yeah and then how did you transition from that back into running uh, or I guess what was your path back into yeah yeah sport? so I took some time off um, and then as I was working, I was, I was the boss of a, a smaller contingent of guys. I would sometimes, not always, but sometimes go down to like Home Depot and pick up some workers. And um, I was practicing my Spanish, which was kind of fun for a little bit. But then I remember when I'd work with them, they were all a lot older than me. Mm -hmm. Some of them were even 40 in their 30s. And I was like 21 years old. I was 20. I might have been 20. Yeah. And I was their boss. And I yeah. remember thinking, what? And I would talk to them. And I thought I was making a lot of money. But I went from having no money to, like, all of a sudden I'm making some money. Yeah. And I remember them telling me, like, don't do this. Like, go back to school, kid. Like, yeah. you know. And they're telling me about their life. And it was, like, it sounded hard. It sounded really rough. Yeah. And not fun. So that coinciding with um, other life things that happened, I was like, okay, I'll go back to school. And, and then when I went back to the junior college in town. In uh, San Diego. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went to junior college in San Diego. And I was taking some classes. And then one of the guys in the class uh, recognized me. I guess he was like a track runner in the San Diego area. Yeah. And he was like, Oh my God, are you Eric Avila? And I was like, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I, and he goes, me. he goes, Oh my God, you're like, you're such a good runner. And I was like, Oh, I don't run anymore. Like, and he goes, why not? Like, what are you talking about? And then eventually he twisted my arm to like come out to practice and hang out with them. And at the time I was like, I, I could use some friends. Yeah. I don't really have any friends right yeah. now. So sure. So I went and hung out with them and our hangout would like we'd go for a run and I remember I was like this sucks I hate this but then I had to change my mindset because then I was like you know what instead of it looking at it as, a, as training I'm looking at it as like I'm gonna go hang out with my friends we just happened to be running yeah and, socializing yeah it was like my social hour so I would go twice a week I would go Tuesdays and Thursdays only and then I had to work the rest of the time mm -hmm. but um but that's how I got into it and then the coach at the junior college um I had like a coffee meeting with him and he was like all excited you know he was like hey like you can actually do something if you you know did ran every day not just twice a week yeah and I was like oh, I don't know um, and then eventually I did start running more and I quit the construction job started running more regularly and then um, I ran a 5k because the coach wanted to know where my fitness level was he's like well I need to write workouts for you so I need to know where your fitness level is and so I'm gonna have you run this 5k and I ran it and I barely broke 17 minutes which for a guy is not very fast yeah and I was in so much pain and I remember he was excited and I was like, no, I'm never running again. Like, yeah. That was terrible. Yeah. I got dead last. I got lapped by a bunch of people. Yeah. And it's just little did I know that that was actually like the start of my running career back again. Yeah. Fun, so. so 
I mean, it sounds like you weren't very pleased with that time. How did you, no, <laughs> how did you like come out of that? How were you like, yes, I'm going to keep working at this? Uh, I think the, just that group of friends. Yeah. They were like, come out again. I was like, no, this, this is terrible. Yeah. Like, I hate this. Yeah. <laughs> like, and they're like, no, no, come on, just come hang out with us. And then we're going to go get burritos. Then we're going to go surf. And I was like, fine. Okay. Yeah. And um, that was literally what did it. And I just kept going out. And then all of a sudden I was losing a little bit of weight and because uh, I had gained a lot of weight and then I was getting a little bit faster and then the thing that really tipped it over was that summer this is 2011 um, it was impactful for me because one of uh, a group of the guys they were racing in Eugene at the uh, USA TF junior outdoor yeah 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 and a lot of times they go they coincide with the the seniors mm -hmm. so you'll have like the you know under what is it under 20 yeah. races and then you'll have the senior men's go so I went for fun just to do something that summer I was like okay I'll go to Eugene like I've never been and were you racing no okay, no. okay. I was like barely I just ran 1640 okay I thought, I thought maybe it was... yeah yeah I don't think they'd let me in but maybe I mean I should have asked yeah come on asked, shoot like, your shot yeah, yeah shoot my shot I'll be here next year you'll see yeah yeah, yeah. they would have been like go home kid <laughs> um but yeah so I went to watch my friends and when I was watching them run I saw a lot of guys in the senior races that I raced like in high school and like Centrowitz won the 1500 that year. It was like his first senior title. And I remember when I was in high school, I thought Centro and I were on the same level. Like, yeah. we were, you know, that we came out of high school the same year. We had about similar high school times or something like that. Close enough. And I saw him win the senior title and I thought, what the heck am I doing? Like I, that could have been me if I trained and yeah. something like that. And, um, and then little did I know the junior college coach had kind of contacted and set up a meeting with a couple college coaches for me while I was up there. And one of them was the coach at Southern Oregon University. And um, yeah, we sat down and he showed me the campus and, and I was like, wow, this is really cool. But yeah. you know, I, like, does he know my grades? Does he know? Like I just started back at school and I don't know what he wants. And then he offered me a scholarship on the spot. And the first thing I told him, I remember I said, you do know I just ran 1645 for a 5k. And he goes, what'd you run in high school? And I was like nine flat. And he goes, yeah, 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 yeah. The scholarship's on the table. And I was like, all right, whatever. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So I go sure, home. Sure. Yeah. I was like, are you, this guy's an idiot. Like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I, yeah, I probably can't even get into this college right now, let alone run for this team. I'd be maybe top seven on their girls squad. <laughs> and I don't know. And then I go home and then like, I, and then I don't know, a week goes by and I call him back. I'm like, all right, if you could get me into the school, like I'll be there this fall. But I don't know if you're going to be able to get me in. And it was like a headache, but they, he was able to get me in. I had to get like letters of recommendation and stuff to get me in retroactively because my GPA was below a two. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. And then they, so I got in on, on probation and I had to like hold a 3.0 to stay in or something like that. But luckily when you go to class, your GPA usually takes care of itself. <laughs> yeah. So I was fine. It's kind of crazy how that happens. <laughs> it is nuts. I know. I was like, wow, it's kind of fun actually. <laughs> Learning all these things. Like, Learning all these things. Grades are thought. getting good. I'm not on probation. Man. Yeah. People respect you more too. So. Yeah. That is crazy. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. So how was your Southern Oregon experience? I mean, you made massive jumps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What, what do you think That's caused sure. that? Um, just consistency. Like we talk, I actually trained. Or yeah. I guess. Yeah. I actually trained compared to what I did in the past. Um, the coach was really cool too. He, he, he's still one of my best friends. His name's Greer Gatlin. And, um, I think we also clicked whether I realized it or not. Uh, he is very, I, 
I'd say he has a really high emotional intelligence and he's able to like, I don't know, tap my motivation in the right spot. And so, uh, just kind of know how someone works. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like when I was at NAU, I remember it was so intense to me. Uh, you know, a lot of kids experience this. They're good in high school. They're the number one athlete or something. And then they go to school. Like, you went to Oregon. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Every, everyone was number everyone one. Everyone is Everyone good. was number one in high school. I mean, and, and unfortunately or not, you're going to have some people that are going to flourish or crash in that, yeah. you know, environment. And I remember when I got to NAU, everyone was good. And I struggled with that. Yeah. Because I was used to being the top guy. And I don't think I had the, you know, emotional maturity to, like, handle getting my butt kicked yeah and then when I got to SOU it was the other way around I mean I was the worst guy because I was just so out of shape but it showed pretty quickly that I was soon to become the top guy yeah. and I think that was good for me at the time I think it made me feel made me feel good yeah and then on top of that you know school and uh, all the friends and being a part of a team and all that stuff and I'm still friends with my college teammates to this day they're my best friends yeah so so I think when you put all that together that's like a perfect environment kind of like we're creating here in Flagstaff where yeah you just create the environment that fosters success in anything you're doing whether it's podcasts and triathlons yeah. or whether it's like trying to run fast on the track or something yeah so that's what I think happened to Southern Oregon yeah. just had like a good environment set up and success is just gonna come yeah and that's what I feel like a lot of teams are trying to do in the professional world and that's what I feel like it's kind of lacked over the last 100% I don't know the, I don't even know how 100%. many years but I feel like people are doing a better job now of like we're not robots understanding athletes, the importance like, of the team environment and like fostering that positive community that kind of I don't know helps people succeed yeah. because I mean running is an individual sport and especially when money's, money's on the line professionally like it can be really competitive but how have you seen, like, because you've had a long professional career. What has it been, seven years now? Yeah, six. Six years? Yeah. yeah. Wow. So I feel like you've been in a lot of stages, but yeah, sure. now would you feel like you're, I don't know, in the best team environment that you're in? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's more, I've learned a lot about myself growing up, uh, I guess, even through this professional cycle. Yeah. And I know what, how I what works best for me, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And so, yeah, I mean, having that, that helps me a lot. Having that group environment, kind of keeping things loose, not taking it so seriously. I don't usually do very well if the team is so intense. Yeah. Um, so robotic. We're, you know, I like to, when we get work done, yeah, I turn the switch on and we're going to get our stuff done. But then it's also really nice. And I think it's important to, to kind of turn off a little bit and, yeah. um, and be able to have fun. And, and so, yeah, I think I, mean, I think that's what other groups right now, like the Bowerman team in Portland is doing a great job yeah. of creating that. And you see it being replicated across the board with whether it's Reebok or, I don't know, Brooks yeah. uh, and other teams. Or Under Armour now, too. Yeah, right. Yeah, Under Armour has a group here. On, On's just on, team. On's just come out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It is yeah. good. I feel like it, they've made massive leaps, just the entire running world in terms of that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, like I, I was just mentioning, like, we're not, we're human beings. We're not robots. And yeah. So, um, yeah, if you could replicate where you were successful as a youth or as a, you know, a college athlete yeah. in that team environment, if you could replicate it as a professional, I think you're only going to see success. Yeah. So that's good. So take us through the stages of now your professional running career. So you graduated from Southern Oregon. Mm -hmm. What yeah. were your PRs coming out? Um, so yeah, I went to Southern Oregon, which is a NAI school, um, which is like, it's kind of like division two, maybe division three. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I had some success. I ran 13.43 for the 5K, 3.56 for the mile, and 1.48 for the 800. Um, 
And then I won cross. That's probably my, my most proud. Really? Thing, actually. Yeah, I won the cross country title, even though it was NAI cross title. But um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just, at the time, especially, I saw myself as such a one trick pony, like I'm a miler. Yeah. And so to win a cross country national title, even though it's a division, small division. No, but, but like cross country is hard for milers. <laughs> yeah, it is hard. Yeah. We were talking about this the other day. Yeah. It's like, I wish we ran a 6K like you guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was nice. <laughs> don't put me in the 10K. Yeah, what the hell? Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had some success at the end, which is good. Yeah, and then what were your opportunities like when you left college for professional running? Yeah. Um. So Pete Julian coaches. He coaches Craig Engels right now. Yeah. Jessica Hall and a whole slew of other people. So Pete's from Ashland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. His dad is the assistant coach at Southern Oregon. Um, <clears throat> the initial plan was actually I was going to, uh, I was going to join Pete and move to Portland. Yeah. But at the time, uh, Nike hadn't the offer was very, very small or not even coming down the pipeline. Yeah. And so, but either way I was going to move and, you know, take a swing and take my chance. But then maybe a month before I was planning on moving, I got a phone call and Hoka had a substantial offer that I called Pete and was like, Pete, I can't turn this down. And we discussed things briefly. And then I kind of, I made the decision to go with Hoka and I ended up signing for three and a half years. With Hoka one one, Hoka One Oni. That's a long contract, is it? Yeah, it's that's a pretty decent. Yeah, yeah, that's long. I think yeah. it's long. <laughs> yeah, three and a, yeah, three and a half years. Three and a half years. Yeah, because it was like the middle of twenty fourteen at the time, so they were gonna pay me through the rest of the year, and then like three years after that. And I remember I was like, damn. Yeah. Yeah, but it's interesting how things go, because at the time I remember thinking like, like when you're young, three years sounds. So long. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Three and a half years. I'm like, I could get it. When you're right, at, when yeah, when you're right out of college, you're like three years. Like, can yeah. I do something for three years? Is a yeah. long time. It's crazy, but it it went by so fast. And also, if you would have told me what the next three years three years were gonna be like, I would have. I don't know if I would have signed it just yeah. because it was a roller coaster. You know, nothing yeah. to do. It had nothing to do with Hoka, at all. It was more like, again, more growing needed to be done on yeah. my end, and it was interesting. So. What, what do you mean? Can you expand on the? Sure, yeah. So um, I just the, the issue with signing with Hoka is they were such a new company. There was no team. So we talked about having a team environment. Yeah. There was no team set up. And at the time, it was like, okay, so I'll have this uh, you know, uh, sponsor, but just, I guess, keep doing what I'm doing. So I stayed in Ashland. I became an assistant coach at the University at Southern Oregon. And I just kind of kept clipping along. And at the time, I just kind of thought, okay, we'll just do a little bit more of everything. I'll do a little bit more mileage and a little bit more of this and that. And then, um, which was good for the most part, but I, I excuse me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I struggled. I got injured. Um, I became anemic. And I was in a very much of a college town. Yeah. And I remember feeling like I was so much older than everybody. And then I didn't have like a lot of people to train with. And my coach at the time, I also felt like we didn't know, like, what do you do? Like, he had never had an athlete like myself, and I... Was it your college coach? It was my college coach. Yeah. And so there was, like, this, I don't know, I just felt like I needed to maybe move on, and and, and that is, that's sad and hard, especially when it's someone that you, like, really care about. And someone that's helped you improve so exactly. much. Exactly, yeah. And but there's a difference between college running and professional running. It, yeah. 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 And it's just funny now, looking back, but... So anyway, so yeah, I ended up leaving him and I moved to Eugene. Um, you know, it's Tracktown, USA. It's only two and a half hours up the road. And I thought, okay, it's not very far. It's still in Oregon. And I love Oregon. And they have so many professional athletes. Why not? This is going to be perfect. And I'll spend two years, my last two years with Hoka, 
but I'll just stay in Eugene and I'll train. And again, just didn't go like I thought. It um, Eugene was very, very different than Ashland, Oregon. Um, there wasn't really a team. I mean, there was a team. I shouldn't say that. There was a team. Um, it was just very different. And again, I think I had some like growing up to do or something. I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah, I struggled. I got hurt again. I broke both of my feet and I was in a boot. And it's just kind of just things didn't play out like I would have imagined. I had a little flashes of, of like success though. I did make the Olympic trials final. I did run 336 a couple times in the 1500. But it, there was no consistency there. It was very much like six months of great running and six months of like nothing and like hurt. And then again, six months on, six months off. So what kept you going during those hard times? Um, uh, probably just like my family and friends and everyone saying like, you know, oh, well, you'll be fine. Just keep going, you'll keep going. And then, so I kind of just figured, all right, well, who in their right mind would give up a like professional running contract? Everyone I knew wanted to be a professional runner. So I almost felt like I also owed it to those people that didn't ever get one to see it out. Yeah. But, but by the time it was ending in fall 2017, uh, I think I touched on this briefly. I was, I wasn't sure if I wanted to do this anymore. Cause I was like, this isn't fun. Yeah. I'm Professional running this. is hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's difficult. It could be a lonely sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think at that time, that's what I was feeling again. I was in Eugene. It rains a lot in Eugene. <laughs> it rains, it rains a, lot. a lot. And we're I from think, Southern California, and that was hard for me. I think it was either 2016 or 2017 where it rained 176 days in a row in Eugene. hundred. That's half of the year it's raining. That's insane. <laughs> and the, the, the other days that it wasn't, I bet you it was probably cloudy. Oh, it was cloudy. Yeah. It was cloudy at least half the days that it wasn't raining. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, that's funny. And so, the, actually, the, the fall 2017, I actually went to Montana. I lived in Montana for, like, two and a half months because I just wanted to get away from the rain of the fall. So I went to Bozeman and I lived in Bozeman with a former uh, college roommate and that was awesome. Yeah. Um, but at that time I remember thinking like, I don't know if I'm gonna uh, keep running. My contract's ending. I'm just gonna go to Montana and go camping, go fishing and we'll see what happens. Yeah. So. so then the contract ended. Yeah, yeah, so my contract ended and then I decided to move back to Southern California again and be like all right let's this is funny now because now i'm like an adult and i'm gonna move back and i guess face life and see yeah like i thought i was gonna start teaching or something like that and so i started substitute teaching and then shortly after um terrence mahone had moved to san diego and we got coffee and that's when we sat down and he was just like he's he kind of explained to me why he thinks things didn't work and what he thinks could you be better? And if I was interested, and of course I was like, I was interested. Like, yeah. all right, I'll, we'll see how this goes. And then uh, it didn't take much for, you know, a bit convincing. Four weeks later, this is now January 2018, I was here in Flagstaff with his team training. And I quickly was like, oh yeah, okay, this guy's legit. This yeah. guy's an amazing coach. And and then I stopped substitute teaching. I was like, maybe I'll, maybe I'll, maybe I'll try keep running another yeah. good old college try. Yeah, good old try. Exactly. And then basically he's worked with me and I realized why I got hurt the last time, like my, my leg, why I broke it and why I got anemic and I learned everything. And ever since then, it's been a very positive, like upward trajectory of my running and it's, it's exciting. Yeah. So what have you accomplished with him now? Um, a lot more, a lot more consistency. Yeah. I've gotten extremely, um, strong aerobically a lot stronger 
I might even dabble with the 5K here in December. Whoa! Look out! <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that, and then a lot stronger in the weight room. Uh, I'm learning so much in the weight room, and then um, everything physiology about the body. Even like last last this past week, as you've seen in the house, I have a physio table here. Yeah. And whenever we're just sitting around watching TV. I'll be either messing with my legs or my body or I'll be messing with someone on the table just working on their hips or their legs and trying to... PT Eric's in town. <laughs> COVID was good. I took a couple classes and it's been fun. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's some success. I I was a, a whisker away from a U.S. T uh, professional title indoors in 2019 uh, in the two mile. And I've had a number of top 10 finishes at... USA Outdoors. I got fifth place in 2019 in the 1500. I made it my first US squad. I made the um, US team that went to Europe to race against Europe in the USA versus Europe dual meet. And then, I don't know, I feel like I've broken four like 20 times now since I've been with Tanks. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, what are your it's PRs now? Uh, oh, I'm making man. you just brag about yourself. No, no, no. I actually have to say, because it's actually like a sensitive topic, because they're not as fast as I would just like anybody. It's not yeah. as bad. So I've run 336 like four times now. Yeah. Which is frustrating. But I, I know that that's going to go down soon here. Yeah. Um, I haven't run the 5K pretty much since, so it's still 1340. Um, You'll break 1340. Yeah. I've run 748 two or three different times. And then uh, I've run 147 in the 800. But the consistency is what I'm noticing. I've broken 340 now. I don't know how many times. Yeah. Which is a big thing. And, and one of the things Terrence and I talked about was before you have those big breakthroughs, you have to have those consistencies. Yeah. So, like, if I'm consistent at 336, then you know a 332, a 334 is coming and vice versa. And yeah. So that's where, uh, I mean, I believe him and I, I think it's coming. Training's going really well. So. Yeah. And yeah. consistency is what, like, establishes you in the running, in the professional running world, I feel like. Oh, because yeah. Because, and, yeah. and people can have one-offs, you know, one-off good races. But when you're yeah. consistent, that's, like, when you realize that you belong. Yeah, unless those... your one-off is, like, really good. Yeah, unless you're like, oh. I know. I think about that sometimes. I'm like, would I trade that? Would I trade a one-off that is, like, an American record? But then, like, I never run again. No. You wouldn't? No. Oh, it's tempting. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Okay, I guess because your record would go down, right? I mean, that's yeah, your record would go down eventually. And then what would you be known for? The one-off? For breaking four twenty times? Is that what I'm known for? <laughs> 20 oh, I, I had that me. in my bio at one point as like a joke oh, I think I counted it I'm like, trying to flex hey you told me to flex so here I am <laughs> I'm making I'm making it flex <laughs> okay well what do you want to accomplish now moving forward what are your goals in running yeah we're just talking about running right I do I other mean, stuff too I'm really good at Catan <laughs> I'm just kidding <laughs> he has demolished me in Catan a few times but, oh man um, um, yeah I guess in terms of running what are your goals sure. for the yeah, future yeah. Uh, yeah, for the winter, I want to get uh, aerobically stronger while I'm here. There's a 5K in a couple weeks, so I'm excited. And the way things have been going, um, yeah, if I could flirt with the uh, Olympic standard, that would be... What I think it's it? a possibility. Uh, I think it's 1314. Okay. Um, so it'd be like a 30-second PR. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be a 30-second PR, but at the same time, it's one of those things where I haven't, yeah, I haven't run the 5K in ages, and I think uh, the workouts are just going the way they are. I, I would be surprised if I was not in the realm yeah but we'll see what happens yeah. um sometimes at least I, I i don't know a lot of people struggle with this is just connecting it on the day like you yeah. can do workouts all day long but then like if you can't you know connect on the race day well then that doesn't mean anything yeah we're not paid by our sponsors to, to work, work out, out well, well. <laughs> you're, yeah. you're paid to race well and so there's an aspect of that that's like okay well yeah so so yeah uh that'll be that's this fall and then assuming that covid doesn't cancel the entire 2021 season um yeah i mean 
I want to be competitive, again, be consistent, and stick my nose in in it for the Olympic trials and the Olympic team and stuff like that. So that's exciting. That's the goal. Well, I'm excited to watch this next year for you. I'm excited to be here Thanks. with you watching your training. Eric's really fit right now. If any of his competitors are listening, beware. Eric's on the prowl. He actually is really fit. I'm not being sarcastic. I'm not as fit as, like, it sounds like some triathletes she's interviewed are training about 30 or 40 hours. Some triathletes To be fair, want you train more than me. But it's I like... do, but that's volume-wise. <laughs> but that's, like, a, it's just a different sport. Like It is mind-blowing. Yeah. It is mind-blowing. Okay, but you're also seeing me my high, <laughs> highest week ever. Okay, well, yeah. fair. I was, I couldn't, well, I'm impressed. I'm not, I'm not doing four-hour <laughs> bike rides every week, let me tell you that, yet. Jesus <laughs> Well, thank you for coming on the podcast. I, I learned a lot about you. I mean, not only in this podcast, but also just living with you. So, yeah. I'm a fan. I hope it's a good I thing. stand, Eric. Hope it's not a bad thing. <laughs> no, it's a good thing, it's a good thing. Uh, where can people follow you if they want to keep up? Oh man, social media. Yeah. I need to take some tips from you. Your social media is fire. <laughs> is it? I just post. Okay, well that's is that the key? Just that's post. The key. Post. I posted today. <laughs> well, if you want to go see his post, <laughs> where can they see it? Oh, uh, <clears throat> so it's Avila Eric with two or three C's. I don't really know. Okay. It might be two. Anywhere else they can check that, you out? Is that it? That's it. All right. Should I have more? It's on Instagram. It's on Twitter. Some people start out their Strava if they want to see. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. If you're an employer, I have a LinkedIn. It's my name. Yeah, Eric just added me. We are connections on LinkedIn now. So Yeah, so <laughs> something like that. It's got more info on what I do other than running. It's really fun. Yeah, we really talked about running this episode. It's really exciting. I have a cat. Check. She didn't even talk about my cat. Oh, yeah, I forgot. It's fine. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> that could be she's it. at the window right now. Oh, wait. Never mind. She just ran she's away. Not, she's <laughs> she not just ran away. Uh, well, thank you so much <laughs> for coming on. I hope you enjoyed our little combo. Yeah. Over. Well, you had tea. I had cold brew. Yeah, it's... It's getting late in the afternoon. Coffee. I know. I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm not, not gonna be able to sleep at yeah. all. Yeah. It's You'll fine. be awake. It's fine. It's fine. it's fine. Well, I hope your listeners enjoyed. I love your podcast. Thanks. I'm a fan. To close out the episode, can we get a good old peace out, fellas? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's favorite part. <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Peace out, fellas. Goodbye. Farewell. To you and my Abrahamsons podcast listeners. Please excuse my roommate Christian singing. He really wanted to be in the episode, so he got a little feature there at the end. If any, uh, what is it called when people sign people to record labels? Producers? If any producers are listening and want to sign Christian to a record label, hit him up. Um, thank you guys for listening to today's episode. Big shout out to Nicholas H for supporting the podcast. If you want to support, it's through the Anchor platform. It's super easy and it really helps me out. Another free way to support the podcast is just by rating and reviewing on Apple Podcasts. I read all of your guys' reviews, and it's super fun just to see what you guys are thinking of the pod, and I appreciate you guys rating and reviewing. Also, follow at Convos Over Cold Brew Pod on Instagram if you want the latest updates on the podcast, or if you want to maybe add in some listener questions, and I'll hear from you guys in the next one. Peace out, fellas. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. 
catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.